Welcome to the Fat Guys with Smokers podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm John. We're a couple of overweight barbecue enthusiasts trying to share our love for sweet and smoky food with the world. Thanks for hanging out with us as we talk about life, share recipes, successes, and failures that have all led to our love of cooking outdoors. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fat Guys with Smokers. I'm John, here with Mike. You nailed it. Nailed the timing. We're getting better and better at this every time. Also, I love that we comment on it every time. I feel like it's a new tradition. I feel like people would be disappointed if we didn't. I think so, too. It's like when we used to talk about the weather and then we got chastised for it. Yeah. It's getting hot. It is getting hot. But the snow eventually did melt, so... There's still some up on the hills I was noticing. Uh, We went through the canyon yesterday, and uh, there's still some pretty big chunks of snow up there. Yeah, pretty wild for this time of year. I know. I wonder, are they still skiing at any of the resorts? I can't imagine there's that much. I don't know, man. Somebody told me that they have to, for insurance purposes, they have to say their end date at the beginning of the season. Some of them do. So, like, um, like beaver. Uh Uh-huh. Beaver is on national forest land okay. and their lease for skiing ends on a particular day. So gotcha. like this year they had another month or two of snow, mm-hmm. but they were done. Yeah. But interesting. The big ones, like I think like Alta and Snowbird and Solitude, like they own the mountain. They can do whatever they want with mm-hmm. it. Hmm. Well, in that case, yeah, I don't know. Some of those, I believe, are self-funded. And at, you know, $300 a day, they can they can be self-funded. Indeed. So Indeed they can. Anyways, how you doing, Mike? I'm good, man. I'm living the dream. Summer is about halfway over. That's a little sad, but it's going good. Getting a little barbecue in and getting excited for our luau. I guess. I come on. I know. It'll be fine. Captain Fun Sucker taking away our suckling <laughs> pigs and telling us to use pork shoulders. I got beef with Haley, man. I've never had beef with her before, but I think I'll just not talk to her for a while. Shouldn't be hard. Yeah. I mean it's not like we talk a lot, but <laughs> I make a huge scene of it. <laughs> at the girls' camp dinner, when she says thank you, just turn and walk nope. away from her. Just turn around, leave. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's also gonna be funny when she listens to this and knows that I just called her Captain Fun Sucker. And well, if the boot fit, so when we were dating, I used to call her a fun sucker <laughs> because she'd like go home for the weekend and. Skip things like the howl at uh, Utah State, and I was a boyfriend that I actually I don't even think I was her boyfriend at that point, but I was a boy that wanted to hang out with her, and mm. she was terrified of a boy wanting to hang out with her. So that's fair. Well, she, she should have been had she known what she was getting into. I know, right? Jk, Jk. She never would have gone to that hockey game with me. <laughs> Well, what are we going to do today, John? We're going to have some fun. I'm actually really excited about this episode. (laughs) It could either go really well, or the podcast might get canceled. 
like I said before, to get canceled, people who care have to listen. So if you're listening and you hate this, please comment. Please. We'd, we'd love the interaction. Um, but no. I mean, our, our shout out, our our whole episode today is chat GPT. Um, you, you mentioned this in, in the last episode that we should do this. And I love the idea. It's, yeah, I think it'll be fun. I don't know. All right. Maybe it was you somebody i was talking to like every once in a while like some bit of technology comes along that like changes the world Mm -hmm. like i remember i was in like second or third grade and dial up became like a real thing yeah in everybody's house Mm -hmm. yeah we got we got aol and like i can remember getting yelled at for being on on the internet for too long and tying up the phone line. Right. Yeah. And then I thought we were super cool because my dad had a second phone line put in. Yeah. Dedicated for the internet. Mm hmm. And then we had a modem. We had two modems. Oh, it was soup. Yeah. You could run two 56 K modems in like in parallel. And if somebody needed to take take a call, one of them would just drop. Oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> That's pretty sweet. It was way sweet. Yeah. Um, Kids these days will never know the frustration. Like, it, it used to take a minute to load a web page. If you were lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember, like, being excited when you connected at, like, 38K. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so you, like... Like widespread internet availability, and then the like introduction of smartphones, where you took the internet, and now you're carrying it in your pocket. And yeah. Well, as a math teacher, we always get crap because parents will always be like, "Yeah, my math teachers would always say, you're never just gonna have a calculator with you all the time.'" And now, yeah, now we, we do. You know, not only do we, but we have Siri that we're just like... Yeah, we don't even have to touch anything. We just say, hey, Siri, what's this? Yeah. 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 Two sides of a triangle separated by this angle. What's the what's the third side? And it spits it out at you. Bam. Yep. Um, but I kind of feel like chat GPT is like... Like, we've talked about machine learning and like AI, like in business for a long time. Hmm. And in development and like all these things, but I feel like this is like it becoming mainstream yeah. where it's available to everyone. You don't have to like have a degree in rocket science to yeah. be able to use it and understand it. <clears throat> well, and I feel like, I mean, we Google things. Googling is like a verb now. Like when mm-hmm. I look things up, I Google it. And ChatGPT is like a, a Google on steroids, I feel like, because it will explain everything to you instead of here's some websites that will really help you understand this. It'll just say... Bam. Um, and I, I talked last time about how the like everything I knew about it came from the English teachers at my school. And they were freaking out because it will write papers for kids. And uh, a lot of times, like, they have um, technology that will kind of check it for plagiarism and stuff. And a lot of times it'll fly by because it's kind of original content, but it's created <coughs> by robots. But I've since learned... That if you don't use it for evil, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with with ChatGPT. So, 
sorry, had a frog in my throat. It's all right. Um, yeah, I mean, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't admit to this, but all of our show notes, the you know little synopsis that are below the episode, mm-hmm. those all go through Chat GPT. Yeah, <clears throat> I write like a paragraph of a couple of thoughts of hey, we did this and this was funny and. It takes it and spits it out. Yeah. Makes it sound uh, good. And yep. yeah. And I use it all the time at work. So how does it work? I don't You're more techie than me. Like, is it, it's obviously not like my understanding is it. we ask a question, it scours the internet for everything and then compiles it in a user friendly way. Yeah. So it doesn't actively scour the internet. Like it, ba- and if you ask it like a current day question, it'll be like, sorry, like I only have information up until I think it's tw- 2021. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but it, it had the collective knowledge of the internet loaded into it. Mm-hmm. And then it like, it's essentially, I mean, it's artificial intelligence. Like imagine just having all of that information at, at like a touch of your fingers, like in your memory. Mm-hmm. And it, that's essentially what it's doing is, as I understand it. I don't, again, I'm not smart enough either to understand the technical programming side of it, mm-hmm. but it has <clears throat> all of that data loaded into it and then goes out and compiles it for you. Yeah. So, I mean, if English teachers want to get around it, start making kids read current day books and oh, there you go, research instead of relying on uh, you know the same garbage our grandparents read. Well, you know, education is kind of a broken system, so um, don't even get me started on oh, Common Core. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> um, all right, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna load it into the interweb the robot and we're going to ask it for recipes and we're going to see what our thoughts are on said recipe. And if this would be an awesome tool or a crap ton of garbage, if it's a go, no go yeah, for a ride on, uh, on Rosie, the riveter. Yeah, absolutely. Rosie is the name of Mike's offset. Nobody knew that. And she is amazing. All right, what are we doing, John? Let's go. Let's let's start real simple. Same place I tell everybody to start. Smoked pork shoulder. So what I'm doing is I've gone to chatopenai.com. Really, I just typed in ChatGPT on Google and yep. clicked on it. And I'm going to write write a recipe for smoked pork shoulder. Okay, and we'll. We'll put a link to the this chat transcript in the show notes yep. so that you can go back and read onto it. And we were playing around with it. I think you, if you log in, you can actually like pick up the conversation where we left it off. Yeah, with, it, with I, the robot. I don't think it will like share with everybody. It's just yeah. you and the robot. But yeah, yeah, you get your own copy of the conversation. Okay, it's been. About 10 seconds, and I have a full recipe for smoked pork shoulder. That was not even 10 seconds. Yeah, not even. I was trying to give it the benefit. 
All right. Um, Read it off, Mike. Okay. Ingredient list. You ready? One bone-in pork shoulder, 8 to 10 pounds. I think that's important that it's bone-in. Yep. I, hate, I hate the boneless ones from Costco. Yeah, I don't like them. Um, so it gives a recipe for a dry rub seasoning. Your own All right, dry what, rub. What do we got? Quarter cup brown sugar. Two tablespoons paprika. Two tablespoons kosher salt. Two tablespoons black pepper. One tablespoon garlic powder. One tablespoon onion powder. One tablespoon chili powder. And one teaspoon cayenne pepper. Optional for extra heat. Okay. I support that. I like that. That's not yeah, a it's not bad. Yeah, it's your SPG kind of all-purpose rub. The paprika for the color. Mm-hmm. Brown sugar is going to build a nice bark, caramelize it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the onion addition. I think that always goes well with the garlic and pepper. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the chili powder, just to help it with a little bit of the smoky flavor. Yeah. Supportive. I'm on board. Uh, now, I'm not, obviously, you guys have read as far down as I have so far, but it gives two cups of wood chips such as hickory or apple, smoke, soaked in water for an hour. So that's going to depend on how you're smoking it. Yep. Uh, okay, instructions. Prepare the pork shoulder. Trim any excess fat from the pork shoulder, leaving a thin layer for flavor and moisture. Score the fat cap in a crosshatch pattern to help the rub penetrate the meat. I like that. I'm a fan. I started crosshatching mine. I don't remember what recipe it was. They did it for presentation. I like to crosshatch it because it's more surface area for rub to adhere right. to. The rub can get down in the cracks and yep. And as that fat renders, I feel like it mm-hmm. takes the flavor down into it. Um, okay. Prepare the dry rub. It just says mix them all together in a small bowl. Apply the dry rub. Generously apply the dry rub to all sides of the pork shoulder, pressing it into the meat to ensure good coverage. Wrap the seasoned pork shoulder in plastic wrap and refrigerate for at least four hours, preferably overnight, to allow the flavors to penetrate the meat. Thoughts on that? Did you ever do that? Uh, I've never done that. I'm not a big fan of wrapping it. I've, I mean, I've put it in the fridge overnight and let it... Sure. Let it sweat out. Um, part of the reason I don't like wrapping it is because I feel like it... When you take the wrap off of it. It takes a lot of it with it. Mm-hmm. That was my thought too. So, but something that I think you'd find in a lot of recipes. So I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to knock it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I notice it doesn't say anything about a binder, which I don't usually use a binder anyway. I'd kind of let the meat sweat out and, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't use a yeah. binder either. Um, although I'm starting to like the idea of a binder more and more. Um, but I like, I've been a big fan of like using hot sauce. Yeah. So adding a, an additional flavor component instead of just doing like mustard that does it's nothing. Just yeah. One thing I saw yesterday was the binder really helps you see where you need more rub. Like if you use mustard, you can see the yellow, which I thought was an interesting Oh, uh, that's cool. I've really thought about that. Cause if you don't use a binder, a lot of times the rubs that I use at least have some paprika in it or it's red. And so it kind of just blends in with the meat and it's kind of hard to see. So I'd never thought about that aspect of it. No, cool idea. Okay. Uh, preheat the smoker. If you're using a charcoal smoker, light the charcoal and let it burn until covered with white ash. If using an electric or gas smoker, boo, 
Preheat it according to the manufacturer's instructions. Aim for a temperature around 225 to 250 for the smoking process. How do you feel about temperature? I like it. Yeah, I'm on board. On board. Prepare the wood chips. Drain the soaked wood chips and place them in a smoker box or create a foil pouch with the chips. Poke several holes in the foil to allow the smoke to escape. You ever done that, like on your Traeger? Did um, a little smoke pouch or... No, I mean, I've got a smoke tube. That's right. Um, but I really only use that for cold smoking. Yeah. Um, I haven't ever done it to add extra smoke. The first time I've ever, I ever did anything smoking related, uh, my buddy had one of those and we just put it on a gas grill like a Weber. Yeah. That's the only time we've ever used it. So... Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, I think that's really directed at like the charcoal or mm -hmm. electric. Yeah, I which you're right. if you're rocking a charcoal, you're probably running like a a Weber Smoky Mountain, and you know how to do this. So yeah, right. If you don't, the Weber manual is actually really good. Mm -hmm. uh, place the pork shoulder on the smoker rack, fat side up. Insert a meat thermometer probe into the thickest part of the meat without touching the bone. Add the wood chip pouch or box to the smoker and close the lid. Maintain the temperature. First of all, what was I going to ask you? Fat side up, yeah? Yes. On a pork shoulder? Yes. Would you ever go fat side down? No. Never? Never. Really? Not right. on a pork shoulder. How come? I don't know, because that's not how you do it. Yeah. That's, just, <laughs> see, my thought is I've just always gone fat side up. I don't know why I would go fat side down, but... I wonder if you would use it if you had heat coming directly from the bottom to kind of protect it, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, don't know. I like, want to get Adam back on here. I was just going to say, him. we had this conversation with Adam about brisket. I wonder if it'd be the same. Well, and, I mean, he brought up something that Chad Ward said, and, uh, I mean, Chad Ward is, he is one of our people, mm -hmm. so I tend to trust him, sure. um, that... And this, like on the brisket, like I've always gone fat side up so that the fat renders and like melts down. Right. Carries the rub through. Yeah. Apparently that pulls the flavor away. Yeah. Was what Adam was saying. I went, because of Adam, I went fat side down on the brisket that I cooked up the canyon a couple weekends ago. It was pretty good. I've done it both ways. I, yeah. I've got to do another one fat side down just to have a good opinion. Yeah. But pork shoulder would probably react a little bit differently, I feel like. I would, yeah, there's just not as much fat there. Right. Brisket, he mentioned, can get a little greasy if you do it fat side up. And I support that. I don't really see that being a huge problem with pork, yeah. but maybe it is. Yeah. I'm going to stand by my <clears throat> fat side up on pork shoulders. Yeah. I mean, I've never done it any other way. So, Okay, smoke until done. There you go. Does How does it define done? Good question. Smoke the pork shoulder for approximately one and a half hours per pound or until the internal temperature reaches 195 to 203. This can take anywhere from 10 to 14 hours depending on the size of the pork shoulder. Thoughts on time and temp? Um, I think 195 is too low. I was thinking the same thing. Um, and it's going to sound funny, but I think 198 is a better bottom end. Um, and I 
also think that time depend like that's probably closer to a 250 time mm -hmm. if you're closer to 225 i'd say it's gonna go anywhere from probably 14 to 18 yeah um well and i think it kind of depends on your style of grill too because if i'm cooking on a drum we're talking five to six hours yeah and i'm there you know so yeah um mm. yeah so i know your cooker i think it's the first thing there right yeah um but around 198 is where i start like poking it mm -hmm. to see how it reacts and at that point because every pork shoulder is different right, right. every pig's different mm -hmm. um and the intermuscular fat's going to be different. So that's going to affect how it renders and when it gets tender and mm -hmm. how the sinews break down and everything. So I think that's the big thing there. I was going to say past that point, once it gets past 198 is about kind of where I start looking. If it's probe tender, then I'm probably going to pull it. Yeah. I so, mean, it, look, and that's it, what I'm looking for. Just slide in, slide out with my temperature yeah, probe. USDA over. says pork safe to eat at 145. Yeah. Um, so you're past the like food danger point. Now you're looking for tender. So yep. yeah, you're looking for that probe to go in like a hot knife into a soft stick of butter. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I mean, somebody listening who's never done a pork shoulder will hear us say 195, I don't know, 198 and be like, that's three degrees. Like chill out. There's a world of difference Huge in difference. three degrees. Once you get up here, like the, yeah. And what did you say? The beef ribs that you did they said to cook it to like 210 or something, didn't they? Yeah, it was past 203. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> at that point, they're just getting more and more tender, you know. Yeah. You don't want it to turn into mush, mm -hmm. which it can. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, I mean, I've told the story about the first time I tried to cook on the damn Brinkman. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, like it's just... It was brutal. Yeah. And I think I pulled mine at like 190 or 195. Mm -hmm. And I was bending forks trying to pull yeah. it apart. Big difference. Whereas at 198, like, it'll come apart with bear claws. At 203, like, you just oh, yeah. grab it with a You're gloved just, hand and the whole thing explodes. It's a good feeling. So... If you've never done it before and you're thinking three degrees, do it and you'll see what we're talking about. Yeah. Big difference. Uh, rest and serve. Once the pork shoulder reaches the desired temperature, remove it from the smoker and tend it loosely with aluminum foil. Allow it to rest for 30 to 60 minutes to allow the juices to redistribute. After resting, shred the pork using two forks or meat claws. Serve the smoked pork shoulder as a main dish or use it as a filling for sandwiches, tacos, or any other desired recipes. And then ChatGPT gives us a fun message. Enjoy the smoky, tender and flavorful smoked pork brisket or pork shoulder with your favorite sides or in a variety of dishes. I like it. Yeah. So, yay or nay? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a solid recipe. I mean, every barbecue recipe is going to... Be it's modified be a for your cooker yeah. and your style and interesting. So what now? I'd say uh round one positive to uh 
positive the smoker. Do yep. want, should we do another another protein or you want to do a side? You tell me. Let's do one more protein. We'll do a side and then probably be time to be done. This okay. is giving us a lot more to talk about than we thought it would. Yeah, it would. I like it. It's kind of fun. Okay. Protein. Let's go. Let's go ribs. Baby back or spare? Or does it matter? Um, I don't think that it matters. I'm going to go baby back. It's supportive. It's normally what I cook. I bought spares to make this weekend. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever cooked spare ribs. Really? I like spare ribs, but they've got those weird, like, knuckly bones mm-hmm. that if you don't take out can be kind of gross. But there's more meat on them, I feel like, and usually they're better priced than baby backs. But. Okay. So, took about two seconds. Smoked baby back ribs. Are you ready? Baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. Chili should bring. Chilies. Oh, I thought we were going to just get into baby it. Baby <laughs> back ribs. Barbecue sauce. Well, I can't get that low. All right. Um, they need to bring back that campaign. Chili's would have a resurgence. Oh, dude. 90s kids would go nuts. And their ribs, I mean, they're not smokehouse ribs, but they're not bad. I've only had them once. They've got some dry rubs that... They're decent, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, speaking of dry rubs, here's our dry rub seasoning for ribs. Quarter cup brown sugar, two tablespoons paprika, two tablespoons kosher salt, two tablespoons black pepper, one tablespoon garlic powder, one tablespoon onion powder, one teaspoon chili powder, one teaspoon cayenne pepper, adjust according to spice preference. Is that the exact same I was going to say, that sounds like chat GPT's go-to all-purpose yeah, barbecue all rub. all-purpose barbecue pork rub. Uh, and then it says barbecue sauce is optional for glazing. Okay, prepare the ribs. Remove the membrane from the back of the ribs by sliding a knife or your fingers under the membrane and pulling it away. This will help the flavors penetrate the meat. You ever not remove the membrane? I have. And? Uh, it's horrible. Yeah? Yeah. Not good. Um, it's hard to bite through. Oh. Um, and that's the biggest, like, it's just, it's like a papery plastic on the bottom of your ribs. Yeah. I don't love that. So it yeah. never renders, it never just Mm-mm. Never goes down. away. Because on beef ribs, don't you leave the membrane on so it holds everything together a little bit? Um... You do leave it on um, Matt and Chad in their video that was my source of knowledge for beef ribs just said it was like impossible to get off. And oh, really? So that's why you leave it on then? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I. Yeah. So it's there. Getting the membrane off can be a pain in the butt if you don't know exactly what you're looking for. And, mm-hmm. um, so I'd probably add some more detail there. Right. I would also add the pro tip of using a paper towel. Paper towel is a game changer. To hold on to that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I uh, First time I did ribs, we couldn't figure out how to get the membrane off. And so we just like scored it with a knife. It was fine, but it's not the same. Yeah. But now I don't feel like it's a... I mean, the first couple times I did it, it was stressful to figure out how to do. Now it's just... Take yep. it off. It's pretty easy. Yep. Paper towel is a game changer. Yeah. I like to start in the middle. 
Me too. And then and I kind of work your way out. I hook my finger in it and slide it one way, grab it with a towel and slide it the other way. Mm. And hearing that. It's one of the more satisfying things it's in barbecue. pretty awesome, actually. Um, okay. Remove the membrane, prepare the dry rub. Oh, That's the or, exact same thing. Sorry. One last pro tip. Oh, go ahead. If you buy them at Costco, I have never bought baby back ribs at Costco and had the membrane on them. I noticed that last time I got some. That was awesome. I was actually kind of pissed because I bought them, got my camera and everything set up to do a membrane like removal tutorial. Uh-huh. And I was like, there's no membrane here. <laughs> so there you go. Costco. That's where it's at. If you're lazy. It's really not that bad, but you know, if you it's one less step, I guess. If you're doing nine racks of ribs, right? You'll appreciate it for sure. For so. sure. Okay, apply the dry rub. No binder on this one too. You ever do binders on ribs? Sometimes. Yeah, I'm kind just, of the same thing we were just talking about. I I usually like to just sprinkle it down, let it sweat in, and that's mm-hmm. kind of it becomes the binder kind of, but. Uh, like I said, I like that idea of using a binder to see where your rub is thin or something like that. Yeah, I like think that, especially as you're starting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if it's your first thing of ribs, throw a little mustard on there, rub it around. It's not going to taste like mustard. It'll just kind of help all your stuff stick to it. So. Yep. Uh, generously sprinkle the dry rub over both sides of the ribs, pressing it into the meat. Make sure to cover the entire surface of the ribs for enhanced flavor. You can wrap the seasoned ribs in plastic wrap and refrigerate for two to four hours or overnight. Pretty into wrapping it in plastic wrap. Yeah, and I mean, I've got a garage fridge. Hmm. There you go. So, like, there's not a lot of traffic in and out of the garage fridge. Right. Like, that's where the extra milk lives and my soda and, mm-hmm. you know, that's about it. So, I don't wrap for reasons stated previously. I guess if like it was in the main fridge and you had kids in and out of it. So you'd want to wrap it up. Wrapping it may not be the worst idea. Do you feel like because wrapping it would keep the flavors no, more I don't concentrated? Think it, no. That's what I think too. I feel like it would just take the seasoning off I don't like think you said, it would but have, not add any value. I don't think it would have any added value other than... My four-year-old wouldn't put his hand on the ribs and then run around the house with paprika and stain everything. Right. Hmm. All right. Okay. Preheat the smoker. If using a charcoal smoker, light the charcoal, let it burn until covered with white ash. Using an electric or gas smoker, preheat it according to the manufacturer's instructions. Aim for a temperature of around 225 to 250 for the smoking process. Yeah. Yeah, I, can I feel like we've talked about that's kind of about where you want to be if you want that smoke on there. I'm, Past that, you're basically yeah. in an oven. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious what what method they're going to use on the ribs mm-hmm. because I may start lower. Yeah. Okay. Smoke the ribs. Place the ribs on the smoker rack, bone side down. Close the lid and let the ribs smoke for approximately four to five hours. Maintain a consistent temperature of 225 to 250 throughout the smoking process. No wrapping, no nothing. Straight up four to five hours. All right. Let's, bone side down. Let's, fin- let's finish the read before I... <laughs> 
share my okay, opinions. Take deep breaths, John. We're <laughs> going to make it through this. <laughs> it's a robot, okay? It doesn't have feelings. We don't need to worry about that. Well, that's good okay. because it's, I might hurt them. <laughs> it says optional. Glaze with barbecue sauce in the last 30 minutes of smoking. You can choose to glaze the ribs with your favorite barbecue sauce. Brush a thin layer of sauce over the ribs and let them continue to smoke until the sauce caramelizes lightly. Check for doneness. After four to five hours, check the ribs for doneness. The meat should be tender and easily pull away from the bone. You can also use a meat thermometer to check for an internal temperature of around 195 to 203. It's interesting that it's so similar to... Mm -hmm. I mean, pork is pork, but I feel like they're two different meats. Rest and serve once the ribs are done. Remove them from the smoker and tent them loosely with aluminum foil. Allow them to rest for 10 to 15 minutes to let the juices redistribute. Cut the ribs into individual portions and serve them with additional barbecue sauce on the side. Go on, John. Is that it? That's it. Well, there's a fun message again. Enjoy the succulent and smoky flavors of the smoked baby back ribs as a main course or as part of a delicious barbecue feast. Serve them with your favorite sides like coleslaw, cornbread, or grilled vegetables for a complete meal. Grilled vegetables. What kind of barbecue are these people going to? I know, right? Must be in California. (laughs) Um... Okay, I don't think this one hits it quite as well. I agree. I don't love this, but go on. Yeah, four to five hours at 225, 250 with nothing. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to end up with dried out, chewy ribs. My thoughts exactly. I know some people are against like the three, two, one method where you wrap because you're essentially just boiling it. So they feel like it's more hardcore to just do that. However,. If you're going to do that, I feel like you've got to mop it. You've got to spritz it. You've got to do something to get more moisture. Yeah. yeah. Ribs are a, like, it's a very lean cut. Mm-hmm. It's not like pork shoulder where you've got a quarter inch of fat on top of it. That's going to protect it mm-hmm. with a lot of intermuscular fat. Like there's just not. Um, ribs are great because it's a thinner cut of meat. There's not a lot of fat and it really absorbs the smoke flavor. Mm-hmm. Um but wet is the magnet for smoke flavor and four or five hours with nothing is a bad idea. Yeah. Especially at that high of a temp. Right. Um, <clears throat> I've recently gone to the three, two, one. I've prior to that, I had never done three, two, one. Really? Yeah. I had always done, um, I'd, I'd done four hours at two twenty five, but I always wrapped the second half. Okay. So I'd, I'd go... Kind of a 2-2 mm-hmm. method. I guess that's essentially what, what I do. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I've gone to the 3-2-1, and I, like, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my buddy Kevin um, turned me on to it and told me about how his kids begged for it, and I had some time. I tried it, and like it's... It's a pretty game changer. I feel like it's pretty user friendly. Like yeah. it's easy to remember and it's a good method. Yep. Um, but for that, like the first three hours where it's just out there soaking up the smoke, you're down at 180. Mm-hmm. So you go 180 for three hours. You can spritz it, you don't have to. Um, but at 180, you're not going to dry it out like you would at 225, 250. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, th- 
people can say whatever they want. I, you have to wrap ribs. Yeah. I think you have to wrap ribs. I think so too. Um, <clears throat> it gets flavor into them. It um, really helps tenderize the meat and get them so that they're either have a nice competition bite or their backyard fall off the bone. Mm-hmm. Do you put anything in with your wrap? Yeah. So a um, couple of pads of butter, brown sugar, um, drizzle of honey. Yep. That's kind of where I've been. If at. you want to put in rub, like I'm not going to Yeah. Not going to argue with you. a little bit, touch it up a little bit. Have you ever used Mike's Hot Honey? Um, I just bought a bottle of it. I almost got some last time. I was at Sam's because I just want to try it on ribs and see. Yeah, I've walked I've heard by good things. Yeah, yeah. I'm if I'm gonna do ribs this weekend and try it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to try it, come grab it for me. I'm never gonna go through the whole bottle of it. Yeah, give me a full report. I'm interested. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. Yeah, I think you have to wrap ribs to keep them moist and keep them like really tender. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would never glaze with full strength barbecue sauce. Mm, you always cut it down. Yeah. I either use apple cider vinegar or, um, some of the, the juice from the wrap to thin it out a little bit. Yeah. Get it a little more glazy because mm-hmm. I think if you don't, it just ends up being globby and yeah. sticky. Yes. I think that that is, in the competition, I think that was the main thing that hurt us. We were we were short on time. I was stressed. It was hot. We were trying to get them done. And so I just took some barbecue sauce and put it in to heat it up. I didn't cut it with anything. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it screwed us. Because that's exactly, it was tacky, globby. Yep. It didn't look good. It tasted amazing, but it didn't look very good. You heated it up, though. And that I think that's yeah. another thing, like... At a minimum, it's got to be room temp. Like if you take cold barbecue sauce out of the fridge and try and put it on your hot rib, like it's just, it's not going to go well. Yeah, it's not going to be a good situation. Okay. So. So not so much on this one. I I I mean, mean, you could probably eat it. They'd probably have a good bark on them, but they'd probably be dry. Yeah, you'd eat it. It'd be fine. You'd probably learn a lot about your smoker and your process and make changes. Like I'd give it three out of five stars. Yeah. All right. Last one, five out of five. Uh, the pork? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, at four and a half. Yeah. I'm on board. Okay. Uh, what time are we at? Are we way too long? Oh, we're all right. You no, want to do a quick side? Yeah, let's do a side. Okay. What side? Um, I think we said we'd do coleslaw. Okay. Um, should I put barbecue coleslaw or just coleslaw in general? I'd just say coleslaw. Okay. Recipe for coleslaw. It'd be cool if they like spiced it up a little bit, but I have a feeling we're going to get a very vanilla generic coleslaw, which is fine. Yeah. Classic coleslaw is what it's called. So. As long as it doesn't have raisins or anything in it. This one's taking a little bit longer to write, but it's getting there. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, and it can also depend on, like, unless you pay for premium chat GPT, mm-hmm. its response times are relative to the server load. Mm. Because That's there's, fair. you know. I've had a few times it gets on and says, 
sorry, we've got too much going on right now. Like, not today. Yeah, and then I hit refresh. And then it fixes everything? Uh-huh. Noted. Okay. One medium-sized green cabbage. Two large carrots. Half cup mayo. Quarter cup sour cream. I don't know that I've ever thought about sour cream. Yeah, I've never done sour cream in mine. Two tablespoons apple cider vinegar. Two tablespoons sugar. One teaspoon Dijon mustard. Half a teaspoon of John's favorite celery seeds. says that's optional. Required. Ooh. And then salt and pepper to taste. So prepare your veggies. Remove any tough or damaged outer leaves from the cabbage. Cut the cabbage into quarters and remove the core. Shred the cabbage finely using a sharp knife or a food processor. Peel and grate the carrots using a box grater or a food processor with a grating attachment. Any comments there? Cut your vegetables. Shred your vegetables. Uh, <clears throat> either way. Okay. Make the dressing. In a large bowl, whisk together the mayo, sour cream, apple cider vinegar, sugar, Dijon mustard, celery seeds, salt, and pepper. Taste the dressing and adjust the seasonings according to your preference. The sour cream is still just throwing me off. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's weird. And it was a half cup mayo, half cup sour cream. Half cup mayo, quarter cup sour cream. Okay. So. Um... Combine the veggies and dressing. Add the shredded cabbage and grated carrots to the bowl with the dressing. Toss well to coat the vegetables evenly with the dressing. Make sure all the cabbage and carrots are well coated. I don't feel like there's a lot of method to this, which it's cabbage, so. Yeah. Let it chill. Let it chill. Cover the bowl with plastic wrap or transfer the coleslaw to a covered container. Place it in the fridge for at least one hour to allow the flavors to melt together and the cabbage to slightly soften. For best results, refrigerate the coleslaw three to four hours or overnight. It said that exact same thing for everything so far. <laughs> I've got a sister-in-law who uh, will remain nameless. Okay. But uh, had a recipe that said, let it chill. And I don't remember. I think it was chicken or something. Uh-huh. And she was a newly newlywed bride and, you know. Not as much time in the kitchen. And such. Thought, like, let it chill. It just, like, meant, like, hang out, sit on the counter. Oh, no. <laughs> gross. <laughs> oh. That's hilarious. Every once in a while, I remind her of that. <laughs> Let it chill. Um, yeah, the sour cream's weird, but I I don't know. I mean, I was just looking at the recipe that I use. Um, it's got a cup of mayo mm -hmm. um, in the dressing. And I normally don't use all the dressing because I think it's too wet. So the fact that this is three quarters a cup of stuff, yeah, I'm probably, probably okay with. Um, and what season was it just salt and pepper? Salt and pepper to taste, but it had uh sugar, Dijon mustard, and celery seeds. Okay, so and it's got apple cider vinegar, right? Mm -hmm. Two tablespoons apple cider vinegar. No, so pretty close. Um, I'm intrigued by the sour cream. I can't decide if I like that or if I don't. Like I don't that. know. I kind of want to try it. No, 
I like sour cream on certain things. Yeah. I would also say, like, if you want to go through the work of cutting and shredding your veggies, power to you. There's also this great thing called coleslaw mix. That's I like was going to say dollars. same thing. Like, I think it's cheaper to buy coleslaw mix than it is to buy the carrots it and cabbage. It probably is. Uh, not to mention you factor in your time. I mean, yeah, chuck it in there. Yeah, I'm not Gordon Ramsay. Like, I don't have knife skills like that. Yeah. So it's not worth it to me. Like, coleslaw's aside, I'm not going to spend all night on it. Yeah. Um, but you say all night, I do think it's better when it, you got to refrigerate it overnight. Overnight, huh? Okay. Yeah. I don't think three to four hours is enough. Hmm. Interesting. Will it make uh, the stuff too soft? No, I think that's part of Like, cabbage is tough, man. Yeah. Like, I think it needs that you time to, to get soft. Yeah. Like, I think coleslaw is good for a couple of days. Hmm. Unless it sits out in the sun and then don't eat it. Yeah. Don't let it chill in the sun. No. For sure. <laughs> so, I think that one's pretty good. And it's, I am a big fan of celery seed. Yeah. You mentioned that with hot dogs or something, right? Is that hot dogs we were talking about? Uh, Chicago style dogs had yeah, celery seed on That's what it was. But, yeah. Um... If you buy McCormick celery seed, my family recipe is on the on the side of it. Oh, really? For coleslaw? For coleslaw. You use? Yeah, I mean, my family just because my family uses it, not because my family wrote it. Right. But right. Hmm. Yeah. Well, how many out of five? Uh, it's four. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Pending sour cream, maybe it's a game changer. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it. It would add a little tang to it, which mm-hmm. I think would be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd try it. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. So, I think when in doubt, use Chat GPT for some recipes. Like Man, I think it's fine. Honestly, like I use it for a lot of stuff. Like if I'm, I just need like a base to begin with. You know, like I talk about these computer science classes, like some of this stuff is just so over my head, but if I can be like, Hey, explain this and then kind of get a basic understanding, then I can move on to that. So if I'm going to try something brand new, it might be worth it to be like, Hey, give me a recipe for beef ribs. And then I can build off that and yeah. adjust it or what, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's great for enhanced Google searching. Mm-hmm. And then like I use it at work. I think all of my direct reports are using it at work now too. Like the quality of the emails that we write, like especially when I'm writing hard emails to like customers or vendors, like mm-hmm. giving them news that they're not going to like, man, I run it through chat GPT to like help me make sure grammar's right, rephrase things, hmm. enhance for clarity. And like, it's, it's a game changer. So Hmm. I used it on my presentation to the executive team the other day and went well, huh? Yeah. Helped me consolidate, clean it up. And it was way faster than me limping through it, trying to find everything. Hmm. That is not one of my strengths. No. So, so, um, use our, our new sponsor, chat GPT. Did Elon write ChatGPT? Elon owns OpenAI. I was gonna say, Elon, hook us up, bro. Like every time we mention it, maybe he'll throw us a a million or something. I mean, it's really like it's no skin off his nose. Yeah, it's pocket change. 
Although I did start a Threads account for us. He may not be happy with that. Yeah, what the heck, man? We're trying to get a sponsor from this free software that everyone uses. All right? <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Musk. Jeez. It's cool. Uh, I'll, okay. take a, I'll take a Plaid Model S. John, what are we doing? What are we doing this week? We got a big cook coming up. We do. Doing a little luau for girls camp. Yep. That'll be fun. Well, that and I mean, we're we're hanging out at girls camp for a couple of days. I Yeah. I'd be a little disappointed if we didn't have our own meals going. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We ought to bring stuff up and just experiment or something. Um bring a tub of sour cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See what happens. Dude, sour cream and jalapenos on my baked potato. It was pretty good. I know. I uh, I saw those. I didn't expect you to have jalapenos in your house. Oh yeah, dude. I'm a I'm a fan. I like jalapenos. I don't love pickles, but I'll eat. Well, those I put jalapenos. But those were pickled jalapenos, weren't yeah. they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of pickled jalapenos. I love fresh jalapenos. Yeah. But I'm still coming around on pickled ones. Honestly, I helped out in the cafeteria this year and. Some of the stuff, bless those ladies' hearts, they're trying to feed the masses on a very limited budget. But some of that stuff, you throw some pickled jalapenos on it, and it's really edible. Yeah. Like, really good. So, I use them a lot. Anyway. Okay. Well, till next time, I'm Mike. I'm John. And we're Fat Guys with Smokers. Thanks for listening to the Fat Guys with Smokers podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe so you don't forget to tune in for even more nonsense from a couple of fat guys with smokers. Don't forget to like, subscribe.